0: Hi, I'm Jen White, and this is Reset. Last week, four hospitals on the city's south side announced a new approach to improve health outcomes. They're Advocate Trinity, Mercy Hospital and Medical Center, South Shore, and St. Bernard, These four hospitals plan to merge. Now, we've talked at length on Reset about the alarming health disparities between Chicago neighborhoods, like living south of the loop doubles your risk of death from stroke and heart disease. Or the study that shows residents in a section of Chicago's rich and largely white Streeterville neighborhood live to be 90 years old on average, while the average resident of one part of Majority Black Inglewood lives to be just 60. Well, we wanted to know how this big merger might help break up these disparities and deliver better health care to people on the South Side. So we reached out to the CEOs of two of the hospitals, Rashard Johnson of Advocate Trinity and Carol Schneider of Mercy Hospital and Medical Center to hear more about their plans.
1: We have some great ideas and we have a vision for what this new system should look like, but really the most important thing to happen now is to get our community input, to get validation, to make sure that we have visioned the right care at the right locations for those folks that we are so privileged to serve. We just uh, finished our uh, understanding amongst ourselves, the four of us, and announced that last week, and we have a few more steps to go through on the legal side, but we would expect that we would have our new system up and running uh, by the fall. And uh, we would also be moving forward then with a new board, and each of the four partners will bring a board member to the table, and there'll be additional spots for new and uh, community represented board members. And next, there'll be the uh, search for the new leadership team for this company. And all of this while we continue to be very busy operating our current hospitals.
0: Now, Richard, as a result of the change, what will it mean for patients in terms of their geographical distance from hospitals or other care facilities?
2: Great, great question. So we've done a community health needs assessment, and between the four entities, we're all looking at our data and the immediate zip codes surrounding our respective hospitals. And exactly what our patients are, are doing within the community, or what those community members are doing, 60% out migrate from our surrounding care areas. And so together, it's it's looking at that data, it's understanding the right place at the right time to receive care, and how do you leverage your community health centers, how do you leverage state-of-the-art facilities that are destination hospitals as well, and to Carol's point earlier, how do you work with those community leaders? Make no mistake about it, this is a community engagement effort in every sense of the word. We know the why, we, we need our community to help shape the how. And so that's that's where we're going to meet with leaders and meet with key stakeholders and to have discussions on locations of and the correct care points throughout our community.
0: Richard, what have you been hearing from the community about access to care? Um, about how services are provided. What have they been sharing with you so far?
2: So far, I will will tell you, we've gotten positive feedback around the why. And Carol, you know, I I definitely would like for you to chime in on this, but, you know, everyone understands the why and the need for us to transform because currently the way we're structured is unsustainable. I think the, the key thing for those within our community is they want to make sure that we have the right care at the right place at the right time and then we will have access because currently in certain pockets it's hard to have access to, to the great quality care which is why and the infrastructures aren't sustainable you're talking 100 year old buildings my hospital is 120 years carol i believe you guys are 160 yeah. years old i want to well, say we're not
1: in the original building i just want to make that clear we're in our second building but we are the okay. oldest hospital in chicago so we all Correct. have long legacies in our communities.
2: Right. So from an access standpoint, we see our, our residents driving to destination facilities. And we, quite frankly, we feel like the south side of Chicago deserves the, those state-of-the-art quality facilities to receive health care.
0: Carol, what about you? What have you been hearing from community members?
1: Well, I think Richard captured it very nicely. And I, I would like to say that we know that oftentimes people in our communities have trouble with access. They have to use an emergency room, or as he mentioned, they go outside this general area and have to take multiple public transportation vehicles to get to what they consider a destination location. We really think that part of this transformation is making sure patients get care at the right place at the right time. And that means not using the emergency room. That means having community health and prevention available at all times. So our exciting part of this is really getting these community health centers built And having the kinds of services that can be done in a very easily accessible environment and that have primary care doctors and specialists and urgent care if you need it will really help to make it more convenient and create the destination for the people that we are so privileged to serve.
0: This is Reset. I'm Jen White, and we're speaking with Advocate Trinity Hospital CEO Richard Johnson and Mercy Hospital and Medical Center CEO Carol Schneider about the $1.1 billion merging of four hospitals, including their own, on Chicago's South Side. Carol, you mentioned community health centers. Talk a little bit more about how those fit into this new model you're creating.
1: So using our community health needs assessment uh, tools, uh, we are able to identify many of the chronic illnesses that are prevalent in our community. And so we see these community health centers to really be the best location to be able to take care of our patients, to provide preventive services, as I mentioned, urgent care, uh, maybe surgery center, we want to talk with the community about that, infusion services for patients diagnosed with cancer, for example. So these will not be 24-hour facilities, and that's why there also is the vision for a hospital Uh, that would be state-of-the-art destination in this community, so that for those that do need hospital-level services, uh, they will have that. And accessible within their own community but there's so many things these days as we know the trending is for care to be done on the outpatient side that makes it much easier for patients they can be treated sooner for their diseases and not wait until they are so ill that they have uh, progressed disease or need to have hospitalization so we really see this to be a transformative way to improve the health really of the entire
0: community Rashard, explain how employees will be redistributed through this new system. Will you be adding jobs? Will you be losing jobs?
2: So I'm I'm so glad you asked that question, because if there's one thing we are extremely proud of, it's the fact that we are economic engines for the community that we serve. And I can't underscore that point enough. And to that end, there are 3,500 employees throughout the four of our facilities and four entities. And so we are committed and we are definitely guaranteeing that those jobs will remain. And as a matter of fact, we believe that by combining together for efficiency reasons and best practices and job training, et cetera, that we will we're committing to growing uh, the number of jobs as well. And then I want to I want to go back to to the 1.1 billion investment, which which is an economic boom for us. That also comes with construction, and as you look at construction over the next seven and ten years. We're estimating around 300 full-time construction jobs. And uh, and if you look at the construction and just the operations, now you, you talk about suppliers, you talk about purchase services, and, and you can just see the economy being lifted by, by this type of a transformation. So this is exciting, and we're extremely excited around this bold plan.
0: Well, Carol, with the plans for a new hospital to be built, what happens to current hospital buildings?
1: Well, we're very much committed to making sure that new facilities are up and operating before any old facilities are not operating. So the new company will make some of those detailed decisions, but that's a commitment that we are making. We want to make sure there's no gap in service to the community.
0: Tell me a little bit more about the timeline here, because this is a massive plan, uh, it's probably going to need to roll out over several years. It's not something we're going to see in the next few months. Uh, can you give us a little more idea about when people on the south side of Chicago will, will start to see and feel this change, Richard?
2: We have a non-binding MOU that we've signed, and that's for us to really get together and get out in the community and engage uh, and engage the how, right? So we talk about the why, we understand the reason we're at the table And now it's it's our community leaders and our residents that really help us shape the how. And the goal will be for us to come to a binding agreement around April of this year, so either either late late March, April this year, for a binding agreement. And and that will then designate the stand-up of this new integrated health system by the, the fall of this year will be the goal. Now, as far as the building of new facilities, either one or two destination new hospitals and three to six community health centers that will transpire over the next seven to 10 years.
0: Just as we wrap up here, I would love to hear from both of you. You know, when you think about health on the south side of Chicago and and how you hope this move transforms health outcomes um, over the next 10, 20 years, Carol, what do you hope to see?
1: Well, I hope to see us help to correct the disparity in the life expectancy gap that we know exists, depending on which zip code you live in on the south side. I've been a south sider my entire life, and I think that uh, if we can impact the 30-year gap about where you live, uh, we would have done our work here. And I think that we really are committed to making sure that the South Side residents get the kind of care and location at the time they need it. It's really the right thing for us to do.
0: Rashard, I'll give you the last word. Transformation you hope to see over the next 10 to 20 years.
2: So I was once taught early on by a mentor of mine that hope is not a strategy. And so for us, we are uh, definitely moving towards making this happen. And I will say what we will do, to Carol's point, is that life expectancy gap is, is, is a metric that we – I mean, we have to get better, and we will be better. The other thing is I'm a, I'm a father of a special needs kid. My, my youngest daughter was born uh, premature, and so the fact that on the south side of Chicago, the infant mortality rate is roughly 80 percent higher than the average of the city of Chicago and nearly double the average of the state of Illinois, that just – really hits my heart and hits home because I know the blessings that my family and I have received by having the proper access to care for a a premature baby. And so there's so many layers to this. And I will say, you know, for us, it's delivering the right care at the right time. And our community deserves this. And the time to transform is now.
0: That's Advocate Trinity Hospital CEO Rashard Johnson and Mercy Hospital and Medical Center CEO Carol Schneider. They've been speaking with us about the $1.1 billion merger of four hospitals on Chicago's South Side. Thank you so much for speaking with us.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us.
0: And that's today's Reset. Tomorrow, don't miss the Friday News Roundup when a panel of journalists break down the biggest local news of the week. Until then, I'm Jen White. Thanks for listening, and let's talk again soon.